We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only. I'm not beneath. I'm blessed and cannot be cursed. I shall live and not die and declare the salvation of the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. My life is getting better after I've heard and done the word of God. Amen. Sister Vicki. Amen. Good morning, Faith Temple. I like that we are that we have started doing the confession of faith. Again, it becomes particularly relevant today that this is my Bible and I am what it says I am. And as I read it and I digest it and I understand it, I am becoming everything that God intended for me to be. And so we will continue with our sermon this morning, part two of unforced errors. It is going to mean the most to you if you did the homework on last week. The homework assignment, if you did it, you will get the most out of part two of unforced errors. Sister April will read our scriptures for us this morning. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, Faith Temple. I'll be reading the scriptures for today. The first scripture I'm going to be reading is Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 2, and it says, Now, If you will be careful to obey the Lord your God and follow all his commands that I tell you today, the Lord your God will put you high above all the nations on earth. If you will obey the Lord your God, all the blessings will come to you and be yours. And verse 15 says, but if you don't listen to what the Lord your God tells you, if you don't obey all his commands and laws that I tell you today, then all these bad things will happen to you. In 2 Peter 1, 3, 3, 3.11 says, Jesus has the power of God, and his power has given us everything we need to live a life devoted to God. We have these things because we know him. Jesus chose us by his glory and goodness, through which he also gave us the very great and rich gifts that he promised us. With these gifts, you can share and being like God. And so you will escape the ruin that comes to the people in the world because of the evil things they want. Because you have these blessings, do all you can to add to your life these things. To your faith, add goodness. To your goodness, add knowledge. To your knowledge, add self-control. To your self-control, add patience. To your patience, add devotion to God. To your devotion, add kindness towards your brothers and sisters in Christ. And to this kindness, add love. If all these things are in you and growing, you will never fail to be useful to God. You will produce the kind of fruit that shall come from your knowledge of of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who don't grow in these blessings are blind. They cannot see clearly, but they have. They have forgotten that they were cleansed from their past sins. My brothers and sisters, God called you and chose you to be his. Do your best to live in a way that shows you are really 
you really are God's called and chosen people. If you do all this, you will never fail, and you will be given a very great welcome into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a kingdom that never ends. Thank you for the hearers and doers of the word. Amen. Thank you, Sister April, for reading our scripture this morning. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that your word permeates our hearts, that you give us a mind to understand what you are saying in the scriptures to us and in the sermon today, that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see and hearts to receive and the courage to live out that which you are calling us to on today. Father, strengthen us and guide us and give us the courage and the bravery to look at us not to look at anybody else, but to look at us, to go within, to go deep, to see those things that we persistently and consistently do that prevent us from having your very best in our lives. Father, we love you with everything that is within us. And we give you the praise and the glory, believing that we will be better when we leave this place than we were when we came. And it is in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. And we thank you. Amen. And so I thank God for the opportunity to talk about unforced errors. This is part two of a two-part series. And on last week, just to reiterate for a few minutes, we talked about those derailing behaviors, the self-sabotaging things that we do that prevent us from grabbing hold of God's very best in our lives. We talked about how we sometimes fail to move towards the best that we can be because we hold on so tightly to who we have always been. And if we are not willing to die completely, then we would never be able to completely live for God. I'm not talking about a physical death here. I'm talking about the willing desire to surrender completely unto the Father God. Sometimes we want to hold on to those things that we think have benefited us in the past. And because of that, it is standing as a barrier between us and the best that God has for us. We talked about how it's not the other people, but it's us, how we need to go inside and we need to tell ourselves some truths. And I challenged you on last week to do the homework. I gave you a list of derailers of self-sabotaging behaviors. And I ask you to do the work. I ask you to look at you, to not find somebody else to blame, but to look at you and to accept that you are where you are because you keep doing what you keep doing. And those behaviors I am going to repeat this morning, and then we are going to go forward. I am not going to spend a lot of time trying to convince you to do homework this week. I am not going to spend a lot of time to convince you that you need to look at these things. I am going to talk primarily to the people who accepted on last week that they have work to do because they are trying to be the very best that God wants them to be and have the abundant life that God has promised. And so the 10 derailing self-sabotaging behaviors we talked about last week are lying and dishonesty. We talked about not following through. And we talked about how closely no follow through looks like dishonesty, but the roots are different. 
We talked about the insecurities that we have because of life or the things that have gone on or sometimes even the way we were parented. They created insecurities in us that actually we listen to when it tells us that we are not good enough, that we don't belong in the room. And so we challenge you to identify those insecurities. We talked about fears that are active in our lives. We talked about procrastination and how it is a self-sabotaging behavior. We talked about perfectionism and how sometimes we use the desire to be perfect to not move forward. And we think it's a good thing. But driven too far, it becomes a self-sabotaging thing and it paralyzes you where you are preventing you from moving forward. We talked about comparing ourselves to others and how it is fruitless to do that. This journey is ours and ours alone. And so the proper comparison is, am I better today than I was on yesterday or even than I was five minutes ago? We don't compare ourselves to others because that is a comparison we cannot win but we compare ourselves to our own progress over time as we deepen our relationship with the Father God. We talked about over and under, overeating, overspending, under-exercising, underspending, whatever the over-under is. And I will be transparent with you this morning and say that my self-sabotaging behavior is over-under. I overdo some things and underdo others. And it is self-sabotaging behavior, even if it lies on the inside of me. And we talked about drug and alcohol abuse and how some really smart people with some really innovative ideas have fallen subject and fallen prey to drug abuse and alcohol abuse. And we talked about as Christians and believers in Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, that we are not to shun people who have drug and alcohol abuse, but we are to love them and we are to show kindness and goodness towards them. But the individual themselves have limiting behavior until that addiction is broken. They can never be fully what God has created them to be. And then the 10th behavior is self-pity. Um, things have happened to us in life and sometimes it makes us cry and sometimes we get stuck right there. Self-pity is not going to help you uh, move forward into that wealthy place. And so these are the 10 self-sabotaging behaviors that we identified. And that is, this is no way an indicator that this is a comprehensive list. But I do believe that these are the top 10 self-sabotaging and derailing behaviors that is common amongst men. And so we talked about these behaviors and sometimes the only thing that we see as sin is adultery or stealing or those sorts of things. But the word of God says for the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it for him, it is sin. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about all the things that you know you should be doing that you don't do. The Bible says those things for you are sin. And for me, it's the over-under, it's the overeating, it's the under-moving my body or whatever it is because our temples, our bodies, I mean, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, I grew up where 
taking care of your spiritual health was the only thing that was in focus. And so if you were praying and if you were reading scriptures and if you were fasting, you were doing those things that were necessary to be close to God. So I am a late learner in accepting that my physical health means something to God. It's not just about vanity. I'm too old to worry about vanity now. It is about having my temple available for where the Holy Spirit wants to lead me and guide me. And if I don't accept that my physical body is not healthy enough to do some things, then there are some things that God will never be able to do through me. And I say the same thing to you. I'm not telling you to focus on your physical health in spite of your spiritual health. I am telling you that both of them are important. And so for me, I will be transparent and say this is something that came later in my life, an understanding that came later in my life. And so it is a constant struggle in my life to make sure I am moving enough, to make sure I'm conscientious about the things that I am eating. And so that's my self-sabotaging behavior. That's my derailer. That is my limitation. And so I hope that you did the work to identify those things that are standing between you and your best life. I hope you accepted that these things actually do stand between you and your best life. I'm not making it up. It is in the scriptures that Sister April talked about uh, for us today, and we are going to go into those scriptures a little more deeply. And so again, for those of you who did the homework, these conditions and these promises are going to mean more to you than if you did not do the homework. And so let's take a look at Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 2, and I want to point out some phrases for you because sometimes we read the word and we skim over words, but words are important, and I believe that they are intentional in the way that God let them out in the scripture through the people who wrote uh, the Bible. In, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, it says, if you fully Obey, and I want you to focus in on fully obey because sometimes we take the attitude that we can do some of the things that God tells us to do, and then it's okay as long as we work through the other stuff. And it is okay for you to grow, but it is never okay for you to live lesser than what you know at the moment. If I have been walking with the Lord for 40 years, and you've been walking with him too, you don't have to imitate me and pretend that you've been walking with him for 40 years, but you do need to live up fully to what you do know. You need to accept that you shouldn't be making excuses about things that you know you should be doing, about things that you have heard. And I'm not talking about just adultery and fornication. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being deeper in a relationship with God so that he could tell you, uh, eat this on Monday, but don't eat it on Tuesday. The way that we deal with God, we act like the moment he tells us something to do that it is forever and for always. But when you have an active relationship with God, he can actually tell you to wear pants on Monday, but don't wear them on Tuesday. And it won't be a big deal for you. You'll put pants on on Monday and a dress on on Tuesday. But if he tells us on Monday to wear pants and we never get back before his face to see what he is saying for any other day of the week, then we think we're supposed to dress the same way all week long. And I am saying to you 
that this word says that you fully obey. And so to fully obey God, you have to stay in his presence. He has to be the love of your life. And then it says carefully follow his commands, carefully follow his commands. And I'm going to tell you what commands he's talking about today, because sometimes we think that the only commands he ever said was the Ten Commandments. And we think just like that young ruler did on that day when he ended up having to go away from the Savior, sad that I've kept these since I was a kid. I got these Ten Commandments down. But God is saying to you that there is something more. And so in Deuteronomy 28 and 1, we see if we fully obey and we carefully follow. Carefully means you are intentional about the things that you are doing. You are not just letting your flesh do what it's always done. You are allowing your spirit as it grows in the, in the Father to challenge those things that you've always done to do something else. If you've always procrastinated and the Holy Spirit is telling you to stop, then you challenge your flesh in the area of procrastination and say, for me, this is not right. For me, this is a sin. Actually, procrastination benefits nobody. But if the Lord is dealing with you on your over and under specifically, it is time for you to challenge those things in your flesh that have gotten comfortable with over and under. If you have a problem with dishonesty and the, and the Holy Spirit has touched you, or if there's a problem with follow-through, or if there's a problem with self-pity, and the Holy Spirit is uh, challenging you, then don't ignore what the Spirit is doing to you, what the Spirit is saying to you. The Spirit is asking you to carefully listen and to carefully follow what he is telling you to do. And sometimes we get caught up because we want to make a rule for us, the rule for all mankind. But I am saying to you that God has something. He has general rules for all of us, but he has something in particular that he has for you. And the Bible says that if we fully obey and we carefully follow, all of these blessings will come on you. And we reminded you last week that we no longer live under law. We live under grace. But the character of God is revealed in the Old Testament. And so if he has made conditions, for you to have all of his blessing, then those conditions still remain. So fully obey, carefully follow all of these blessings. I want you to make that an equation in your mind. If I fully obey and carefully follow, all of these blessings belong to me. Another scripture that I want you to write down for your uh, study this week is Joshua 1 and 8. And Joshua 1 and 8 says, if you keep the book of the laws on your lips, I want you to hear it on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. So what does this say to us? It says that the word of God has to become important in your life because if it is always on your lips, it's because you have read it and digested and you are thinking about how to apply it in your life because the word tells us that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And so when you listen to yourself and the things that you say and the first things that come out of your lip, it is the indicator. It should be to you, but to all of us, 
the things that you are meditating on. And I'm not telling you to walk around with these Christian platitudes and every time somebody says something, you all blessed and highly favored. I am saying when life happens to you or the people in your circle that you ought to have an answer for the hope that lies on the inside of you. And the only way some of this junk is going to get out of you is if you put the word in you and you meditate on it day and night and that you become careful and intentional about what it is saying. If it tells you to love, then when you have an opportunity to love, love, not just the lovable, not the ones that are kind to you, but the unlovable, the unkind, the word of God tells us that's what the spirit of God allows us to do. And sometimes because because we were so accustomed to following our own flesh for so many years that it feels impossible to be kind to somebody who is not kind to you. And I will own this. For me, sometimes it feels impossible to be kind to somebody who is not kind to me. But that is exactly what the Holy Spirit comes to do. And so for me, it becomes the act of intention, something that I need to carefully follow because if I do not, I will clap back and I will get somebody straight. But when I am careful, I will keep my mouth closed. When I am careful, I will have a kind word in exchange for a harsh word. When I am careful, I will know to love even the unlovable. So you can't just live this life haphazardly. You have to be careful. You have to be intentional about the things that God is telling you to do. And so the word says, when you do that, when it's on your lips, when you meditate on it day and night, you will be careful to do what he is telling you to do, everything that is written in it. And then it says, then you will be prosperous and successful. And I want to put a pin right here and say to you that I know most of the listening audience right now is in the United States of America. And we have a tendency in the U.S. of A. to define prosperity as money. And I'm saying to you that what we're talking about today is so much bigger than money. It can include money. It can include finances. For, for sure, it doesn't sit outside of these blessings. It doesn't sit outside of the definition of prosperity, but prosperity does not equal finances. Prosperity is so much bigger than that. Prosperity includes putting your head on your pillow at night and sleeping all night in peace. Prosperity includes health, to do the things that God has called you to do. Prosperity includes not looking over your shoulder, wondering if the police are after you or if, if somebody is getting ready to sue you or if somebody is saying something about you and you are getting ready to be persecuted and prosecuted, rightfully so, because of things that you have done or did not do. Prosperity is so much bigger than finances, but it can include finances. I just don't want you to get caught in the trap where you are saying, if I do the right thing, God is going to make me a billionaire for sure. That's not what he's talking about this morning, but he has promised that you will be prosperous and you will be successful. And so whatever area of your life, we are giving you a formula and a prescription this morning to tell you how to get to the best place that God has called you to be, that thing that he intends for you to do. And so in Second Peter, 
that Sister April read for us, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures, all the verses again, but I am going to point out some words to you that I want you to write down. And perhaps this week in your own study, you will go back and you will look into these words and remember that these are the promises that God has given to you. And in Second Peter, he tells us that he has already given us some things, all of the things that we need that pertain to life and godliness. He's already given them to us by his power. And so because he has given us that power, he can expect to us to add, like the, like the scripture says, to add to our knowledge, to add to our temperance, to add to our godliness, to add kindness. He can expect us to do that because he gave us everything, everything that we need. And, and the Bible talks about these exceeding great and precious promises. Because we are partakers of his divine nature, the, the version that Sister April read said that we can share in his godlike qualities. We can share in being like God. Why? Because his spirit lives on the inside of us. And then when you get through adding, Second Peter tells us, when you get through adding all of these things and you add to knowledge and self-control and kindness and goodness, when you add to that, verse 8 says, you will abound and you will not be barren. You will not be unfruitful. And so we see in the New Testament, the same thing that is promised in the Old Testament, that if you do what he is telling you to do, that you will be fruitful and you will be successful and you will prosper. And so the New Testament confirms what's in the Old Testament and we expect that because the character of God is consistent. And so for those of you who did your homework, those of you who have identified what you need to work on and you have committed to yourself and the Father God that you will work on these things I am talking to you this morning. There are promises that you will be prosperous and successful, that what you put your hands to will be fruitful. It will produce in the name of Jesus. I speak that over your life. If you are willing to do the work, the things that you put your hands to will prosper. And I'm not talking about the work in a garden. I'm talking about the work in your heart work in your life, recommitting to the things that God has called you to be, recommitting to your character, recommitting to your word, recommitting to your persistence, recommitting to the consistency in your life to do the things that God has called you to do. And so before we close this morning, what I want to say to you is I want to spend a few minutes talking about the commands that God has given us, because again, sometimes we believe that if we have gotten the Ten Commandments down uh, uh, down pat, then we are doing okay. What I am saying to you, that we live under grace. And so there are bigger commandments. There are two. And you know them, but I'm going to remind you of them this morning. Because sometimes we get into being dutiful instead of worrying about the relationships with people and with our Father, God. And so the commands that God is telling us today, you don't even have to remember the ten. You just have to remember the two. And the two are found in Mark 12, 30 and 31. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul 
and with all your mind and with all your strength. Mind, body, strength, heart, soul. Love the Lord with everything that is within you. And again, if you've been walking with the Lord two years, just live up to what you know. That's all I'm saying. You don't have to live like you've been walking with him for 40 years. But if you've been walking with him for 40 years, just live up to a walk that is indicative of somebody who has been walking with the Lord for 40 years. So go back and find your spiritual birthday. When is that day when the Lord really took control of your heart, when you really surrendered it to him? And then say, Am I walking like a one-year-old or a two-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 20-year-old? Go. When is your birthday and how long, how far along the road are you? What should you be living up to? That's what I'm saying to you. Give him your all wherever you are, however long you've been walking with him, however long you've surrendered to him. Walk in therein. And so the love that a two-year-old can show, it's much different than a love that a 40-year-old can show. But whether you are two or whether you are 40, the command is still the same. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And that doesn't mean that you will never make a mistake. Doesn't mean that you will never make a bad choice. But what it means is that the longer you walk with him, those mistakes and those bad choices become fewer and fewer because you are giving him more and more of you. You are learning new ways of being, new things to say, how to present, how to handle controversy, how to handle conflict. When you add to your knowledge all of those things that are in Second Peter, the first chapter, when you start adding those things, your love for the Lord will grow. Your heart will become sold out to him. And then when you get to that place where he has your heart, soul, mind, your body, and your strength, the second command becomes even easier, and it is love your neighbor as yourself. And the word of God says there is no commandment greater than these. So whether you are fornicating or not, whether you are committing adultery or not, whether you are lying or stealing or cheating or not, there are no commands greater than these. And in fact, the word of God says those ten commandments, hang on these two because how many of you know if you are really loving God and really loving somebody else you're not going to sleep with somebody's husband you're not going to steal from them you're not going to covet theirs so much and wish them bad you are going to love them you are going to want because the Bible says to love them like you love yourself and so embedded in these two commandments is a third to love yourself and sometimes we cannot love other people because we have not yet loved ourselves we still think that there is somebody better, bigger, smart, smarter, wiser, and there is not. There is one you. You are uniquely you, and you need to love yourself from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet because you are wonderfully and you are fearfully made. There's nobody better. There are plenty of people who are different, but there is nobody better than you. And so love yourself because embedded in these two commandments is a love for yourself. And when you love yourself, you will treat yourself right. You will feel good about yourself. You will stop telling yourself the lies that you've heard from other people over and over again. You will say to yourself that I am wonderfully, I am fearfully made. I am made in the image of God. He took time to design me as I am. And whether I'm a two or a 20, I am his. 
perfectly his, all his, and I am exactly what he created me to be. And when you feel that way about yourself, it'll be easy for you to love your neighbor. It'll be easy for you to see all that's good in your neighbor instead of seeing the flaws. The reason you see the flaws in your neighbor is because there's all, that's all that you could see in yourself. And so when you become uh, aware of that and you realize that, then you see, you start to feel sorry for people who are always criticizing other people because you realize that it is, that is a reflection of the criticism that they have for themselves. So love yourself and take care of yourself because that's the only way you are going to be able to love your neighbor. And so when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, and you love yourself and you love your neighbor as you love yourself when you do it fully, when you obey that carefully, then all of these things will be your blessings. Then you will prosper and you will have good success. And so stop standing in your own way. It's not anybody else's fault. The work is within you. You have to do it for yourself, in yourself, by the power of the Holy Ghost. You can do it because he's given you everything you need for life and godliness. And so abundant life is waiting on you. So say to yourself, no more unforced errors. I will do the work. And when you do the work, you shall never fail. And I pray over you like Paul prayed over Gaius that day. And I say, beloved, I pray that in every way you may prosper and enjoy, and enjoy good health, even as your soul prospers. And that is the word for you today.